0: Welcome to Chief Evangelist. I'm your host, Ethan Butte. I'm on a mission to explore and understand the role of the Chief Evangelist and the movement behind it. How should founders, investors, and C-suites be thinking about it? How does it benefit the company? Which companies and markets need evangelism most? What does the work involve? What does success look like? And who's a good fit as a Chief Evangelist? That's what we're exploring at ChiefEvangelist.com and in conversations like this one, which is brought to you by Ringmaster Conversational Marketing and their evangelist-powered podcasting package. Learn more at ringmaster.com. Today, we're learning from the chief evangelist at Authentics. She transitioned into that role and title after serving as chief customer officer for nearly two years, with previous roles titled director of client services. Director of Market Strategy and Insights, and VP of Customer Experience, she's built her career by helping global companies develop customer experience strategy. Leslie Pagel, welcome to Chief Evangelist.
1: It's great to be here, Ethan. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I've loved our conversations in the past. We've talked about, I know a little bit of this story, but we'll get into it probably in even more detail uh, about how... You made your way into a chief evangelist uh, role and title, how it's going. You're several months in now. And so this is going to be a really um, unique go at it here on this podcast for the freshness of it. Uh, But we're going to start, Leslie, before we get into all of those details and more uh, with the first standard opener, which is uh, what is the most important job of a chief evangelist?
1: Well, I'm still learning, but here's here's where I'm at right now. I feel like the most important job that I have is to open the eyes, open the eyes of business leaders, um, for the importance of of what we do at Authentics. Is we help healthcare organizations listen to the voice of the customer, the authentic voice, the everyday interactions that customers are having. And so um, in my role, what I found to be the most important thing is to open the eyes of business leaders to why that's important, why it's important to listen to the conversations patients, doctors, pharmacists are having every day. Open their eyes to... The, um, the capability, and, and what I mean by that is um, the technology exists today that allows them to listen to these interactions and conversations, open their eyes to the power of a conversation, why conversations are so important. It is how we learn. It's how we grow. It's how we connect with each other. It's how we come to a common understanding and common ground. It's through conversations. So even just talking about the role of conversations is something that I found myself doing a lot to really just help open the eyes that listening to customers, is, it's not about doing a survey. It's about leveraging all the interactions that you're having with your customers and getting as much value and insight from those so that you can guide the business so i would say it's about opening eyes and there's a lot of different categories that i spend my time talking with business leaders about um to help them kind of see a new reality around a voice of customer and, and customer listening so good there's so many things in there i like
0: i want to go first to this idea of opening eyes, we've heard that language, not not that exact language, but the spirit of that, which is helping people think differently, creating some, you talked about this too, creating some problem awareness. I have Mm -hmm. a problem or an opportunity that I'm blind to. It never occurred to me. And so this idea that, you know, so, so I'm not searching Google for Mm -hmm. it. I'm not, asking people what they use to solve this thing because I don't really even know about it, which is an interesting thing. The power of conversation, there's so much there. It's one of the reasons, A, I love podcasting. And B, I think it's, uh, as kind of I'm inferring from what you said or, or hearing in what you said, is that voice of customer isn't just the tallying in all of this. It's the literal Yeah, voice of the customer, as well as all the assembled pieces that make the voice clearer or reinforces some things we think we heard and these types of things. Talk to me a little bit about um, where are we on the innovation curve relative to healthcare and relative to what Authentics is doing? I feel just by what you said that this is not standard thinking um, Mm -hmm. and that there is a need to create more problem or opportunity awareness. I mean, you almost just said all of that, but speak to it specifically in the context of what authentics is doing and why it makes sense to have someone out in front in a way that marketing and sales aren't necessarily doing uh mm-hmm. in a in a more pure functional way.
1: Yeah. So I I'll start by saying that it is new. Um and and part of that is because it's new technology. You know, it's one of the um the benefits of artificial intelligence and machine learning is that we can take really messy data. Conversations are infinite. Where you're never going to have this conversation ever again. Um, and that happens every day within healthcare companies, within any type of business. And, um, you know, historically the technology didn't exist to Bring that in. It's always, it's always been there to capture it. We say it's been stored and ignored. You have it. But now the technology exists to bring it in and to really understand what is in those nuggets, those infinite um, data sources that companies have. So um, the technology exists, artificial intelligence, machine learning, but I, I have to tell you, nothing replaces listening as well. And, um, you know, when you listen with human ears, you hear context that a machine can't quite yet communicate. Um, you hear a mother talking about her child that recently committed suicide or uh, attempted suicide. You hear situations that are happening someone who can't get their refill um and they're running out of medication They they tell the they tell healthcare organizations this in a conversation machine learning helps us capture it analyze it at scale but when you listen with human ears you understand a context that um brings it to life that you cannot unhear And I'll tell you, Ethan, the other thing that happens is it drags action because when you put this in front of business leaders and they're hearing the voice of their customer data backed, you know, the, the machine's telling us this is happening in this percent of your population and here's what it sounds like, it prompts action. Um, in the business, so that that's another kind of outcome as well. Again, so much I appreciate about that, specifically
0: this idea of human listening. It's interesting. Um, in uh, the second book that I wrote with uh, my friend Steve, we interviewed a guy who's like a has seven U.S. patents in the analysis of facial coding data. He's an emotional intelligence type of expert, and we spoke with him at length about where we are in terms of machines. Being able to read emotions in voices and from faces. And, you know, he's, he referenced a couple different people. And to your observation, it's not on the immediate horizon. It's very, like, machines are very good at getting all of the words and looking at very, very large quantities of words. But this idea of tone and pace and urgency or concern or excitement or all these subtleties that are in there. And you and I are both parents. And so we, there's, there's this idea of like, listen, sweetheart, it's not what you said, it's how you said it, right? In, in a corrective situation. And so there's just so much richness in um, in this listening. Walk me into, because uh, I know you have some background in healthcare. You have a lot of background in customer experience. Talk about you and Authentics, you know, two, two and a half years ago. Um, how did you meet them? How did they meet you? Chief customer officer, Um, Just talk about that as a lead-in to the transition from chief customer officer to chief evangelist.
1: Okay, yes. So um, I will say my introduction to Authentics, it it, it started probably 25 years ago when I started this work of um, voice of customer out of college. um, I was fortunate to find an organization that I spent 20 years at And um, what I did there was I learned a lot about market research. I learned a lot about customer loyalty and how to build loyalty. This was before customer experience was even a thing. Like it didn't have an acronym yet. It didn't have a label. Um, And so I was very fortunate to um, find myself at an organization learning about um, information, data insights, customer intelligence that inform a business about the relationship that customers have with them. And historically this has been driven by survey data. So the voice of the customer, customer understanding um, has has largely been by asking customers, hey, will you fill out our survey? I'll tell you, Ethan, when I first started, we called them on the phone. <laughs> and the, you know, technology's changed. So uh, when I left that organization, I went uh, to a large um, health insurer company and I was very interested in being more the practitioner instead of the vendor or the consultant to a company, putting myself in the business and, you know, seeing what this is like, what can I do? And so at that point, um, when I joined that organization, I got introduced to our founder, Amy Brown. Amy had recently left her corporate job. She was a COO at uh, an organization, very successful. Um, and she, she had this calling that was all around the voices that are stored and ignored in an organization and wanting to amplify them, wanting to bring those voices to the table in, um, healthcare organizations. So she started Authentics through networking. We got connected, and I immediately became a a, a evangelist, I would say, (laughs) because what I saw her doing is filling this gap in customer experience that has always been there. And the gap was the data source. Surveys are very kind of rear view mirror. You know, how do you feel about us? Well, those feelings are because the interactions that they have had, where she's taking the interaction and she's saying, I'm gonna analyze the interaction. And through this, you know, that's gonna shape future perceptions, future feelings, future behaviors. Um, And the other gap that has always been around in customer experience is action. Uh, A lot of customer experience professionals talk about how they can't get action. And you know that was another thing that uh, really drove um, me looking at authentics and considering it. Amy and I talked, so Amy started her business. I was a super fan; would tell all the people about it. Um, and then uh, one day we started talking about me joining the organization. Um, I joined in a chief customer officer position, really focused on helping companies get value out of this data source, helping um, our team understand the business problems that our clients are facing, and then using the data that they already have to help them form those business problems. Um, and then our evolution at Authentics is we're in um, growth, high growth mode and um we're at a point where we're also um it disrupting a market um in terms of customer listening and customer understanding and um amy was at the point where she she wants someone out there with her advocating for a better way of listening and demonstrating that customers are being heard um, within an organization. So she asked me to take the chief evangelist role, and you know, I was I was already an evangelist, so I couldn't really turn her down.
0: <laughs> yeah, so much good stuff there. And by the way, I missed the opportunity to say I love this language of stored and ignored. It's one of those things that, and you hear it a lot in these conversations on this podcast little turns of phrase language that really captures the essence of the problem in a really clear way and in a way that i know that leaders who you're trying to get into conversation with leaders who you're trying to open up to the conversation leaders who need to um understand that there's an opportunity that they're blind to the stored ignored people in all kinds of businesses can relate to that so i really appreciate that um So what I heard there is that Amy is also an evangelist, that you're coming alongside her in this mission. Um, Why you, like I heard that you were a fan and even a super fan before joining the company in the first place. Um, uh, Talk to me about like the visionary nature of this. Like there there are leaders who know that we need to be doing more of this, but sometimes that turns into um we need a bigger ad budget or mm-hmm. we need you know more content marketing or um we need to sponsor more things going on in our industry talk to me about this idea of evangelism as the path forward to cuz i'm sure this was like you're the first person in this role obviously in this organization um so that like to the degree you can tell me a little bit about that process i mean there are a lot of different ways to say we need to create More awareness, not just about authentics as a company among a variety of options, like in a more commoditized space, but we need to create the market for this thing. We need to create more awareness that there's an opportunity that these organizations are blind to and they really need to understand. We have a compelling message. We have a great solution for it. Let's run a bunch, of, a bunch of ads or sponsor a bunch of things or create a whole bunch of content that speaks to the things that people are searching for today, but walks them into this new way of thinking. There are lots of different ways to solve this is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Um, what do you think uh, it was about Amy or you or the market or the way that you all operate that made evangelism part of this solution set that you, for, for the problem that you all have or the opportunity that you have?
1: I think that we are definitely a, a both and company. So um and that goes, you know, throughout our organization. So when it comes to disrupting a market, it's a both and response. So, yes, we're investing in marketing, we're investing in our sales team and building them and um, you know, I in helping to support them through my role, um, but you know, there's also the the both and, which is about um, an additional way of thinking about capturing um, voice of of share, you know, and and capturing the attention, and and that's through people, you know, and we're we're really human. Oriented business. Our mission is to help humans understand humans. And so, you know, this idea of having an evangelist that has spent her entire career uh, around this problem that companies are trying to solve and um, sees very clearly the gap that Authentics is filling and solving that problem is both and kind of response to disrupting the market. Yeah, I think that
0: the the human language is really the key here. I mean, it's one of the, my primary MOs in deciding to start this show and run it the way that I am is that I do think there's something uniquely powerful about human-to-human interaction. I think there is something Uniquely powerful about feeling the way that someone expresses it, and not just reading it off of a blog pl- blog post or or a flyer or a social post or any of these other things that were emailed, other things that we're putting in front of people. But I appreciate that that the the values or the the operating principles come through in the way that you're, you know, spreading the message as well. Um, Chief Customer Officer to chief evangelist, I have not heard that one yet, besides when we first met. Um, people generally, a number of them are positioned in marketing and or came out of marketing or they came out of, um, they were practitioners and you definitely share that, that, mm-hmm. um, that quality as well. They were practitioners of the thing and therefore they're great at relating to um, people who should be uh, in these conversations because they were that person. Uh, So I definitely think you have that there. I I also am speculating here, and then I'll give it to you for like clarification to like reinforce anything I said or or add some uh, more specific color to it. But obviously as chief customer officer, I assume um, that you were in a ton of customer conversations. You know the voice of customer. Um, You have a lot of stories. I'm sure you were getting on calls with some of your best accounts on a regular basis. And these are all assumptions of mine. Um, And so- there's a there's a much stronger parallel there than I think than it might look on paper um, that you make a lot of sense for this role. Talk about what chief customer officer was for you relative to what chief evangelist was for you, you know, three, four, five months ago at the dawn of this uh, mission that you're on. And then we'll get into that mission.
1: Sounds good. So I would say as the chief customer officer it was always, it is always about value. Um, you know, people would ask, how do you measure success? And, and, and it's a hard thing to measure because value looks different for every client. But that is the ultimate measure of customer success is what value is the client getting out of the organization? Um, so that's how we spend our time. And we spend our time today is really understanding the problem they're looking to solve and helping them solve it and understanding that value for them. Um, That has not changed for me. The value component is the same. The, the value of is different. So for me now it's about the value to the healthcare industry and having an impact on healthcare We last year analyzed over 100 million conversations in healthcare. It is broken. (laughs) There's a lot, and that's nothing we don't already know, right? But this is about really, this role to me is really about delivering value to an industry now. Um, And it's a value of really, truly listening to well, everyone. We're all consumers of healthcare and in um, hearing, hearing them and then doing something about it. Um, so very similar. It's just kind of the, the recipient of the work. is different.
0: <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate that. We leveled that up from um, customer accounts and customers and the people in those accounts. I don't mean to dehumanize people by calling them accounts. Uh, leveling that up to the entire industry, that makes a ton of sense. This is a very specific, detailed question, but I think it's a really interesting one that um, anyone listening has been adjacent to, if not directly challenged with. So this is a little bit of an aside, but you know, I agree with you that value is difficult to measure. I think sometimes for customers, value is even difficult to articulate. Yes. Um, but how often would you say, um, and you don't need to make it specific to Authentics, but just to this idea of we need to help our customers get value. We First, we need to understand what value is to them. Then we need to decide on the sales side and the marketing side and the qualification side, can we actually deliver meaningful value to them with the solutions that we have? Mm-hmm. Now, post-sale, that's been agreed upon. Um, and now, how often would you... like? Talk about that challenge of, um, how often is that a quantified value? And companies are saying, "Look, and uh, look, I'm looking to move this number by twenty percent, or I'm looking to reduce this thing by eighteen percent." Or versus how much of it is, I want things to be easier for my team members so they can be more available to our to our customers. Like, mm-hmm. just talk about the the challenge there of helping people because my in my experience, not everyone even knows. They feel like I should be doing this. I need a solution and I like you all. Um, I like interacting with you. My friend said something nice about you. Um, so I'm choosing you. But I'm not really even clear on the value that I should be getting here and or I may be too immature in my business or this is so innovative that I don't even know how to put a measure against my normal operations. Just... I know there's a lot there, but speak to that (laughs) challenge because I think it's something all of us can relate to. um, And I feel like you Mm -hmm. have a unique perspective on it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the ultimate is to be able to say, you know, through our partnership, this thing moved, you know, and there's an infinite number of things that can move from uh, uh, outcome metrics, revenue retention to employee engagement metrics, um, to very specific improvements and initiatives that we identified and you know the client did something with. Um, So having the hard metrics is the the ideal um, measure of value because it's clear that hard metric, that kind of hard not it is, it can be hard to achieve too, because it requires the business to do something, you know, more than just consume insights, but to use them to drive action, to measure the progress. And that takes time. Um, So there's also the other kind of indicators of value. And those are things like, how many people are asking for insights? Um, are Are you hearing a demand from the business to learn more? From the work that you're doing, um, are the uh, frontline staff engaging in the insights as well? Because there's there's a huge part of what we do that really is about recognizing the humans in the business who are serving customers and supporting and helping them. That's a that's another indicator as well. So there's. There's soft indicators of value that are equally important and they lead to being able to capture the the hard data um, that companies and leaders want as they make decisions. And then, you know, I'll echo your thought or your comment, Ethan, about sometimes they don't know. Sometimes it's not clear. Sometimes we uh, play a role in helping clients understand the types of um, value indicators that they can use and monitor as a result of rich and deep listening to their customers.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to Chief Evangelist. For so many reasons, podcasting is a great opportunity and channel for evangelism. If you've been thinking about a podcast or you want to shift production and promotion to a team that's especially evangelist-friendly, check out ringmaster.com. Their Connect Engage Scale program is designed for evangelist-powered podcasting for software and tech companies in the growth stage. Again, you can learn more at ringmaster.com. They're also the team behind this podcast. Speaking of chief evangelist, let's get back to it. Very good. I'm, thank you for that. Um, doubling back a little bit into the role evangelism, chief evangelist, initial thoughts, initial questions. What did you wonder about? What were you excited about? What were you concerned about? Like, what's your initial reaction now? Because this happened uh, near the top of the year.
1: Yeah, it it started last year at the end of last year. um, So I would say the, the initial thought was I don't know what this is, you know? (laughs) And can we talk about the title? You know, there's, you know, just the initial kind of reaction, but, um, I started researching and as I started researching, I found your, um, podcasts, listened to every single one of them, reached out to other evangelists, everyone, including yourself opened their kind of ears and, and hearts to to listening to me and helping me and guiding me and once i did some of that initial kind of understanding of what this is um it hit me that one this makes a lot of sense amy you are brilliant <laughs> and two Let's go for it, you know, Um, but, but the initial kind of reaction was a little bit of uncertainty. I, you know, I wanted to know about travel. Am I going to be gone from my family all the time? You know, things like that, like how will my life change as a result of this? Um, But uh, it's, it's, you know, it, it, once I did the research, it became really clear to me why we're creating the role and why, why. Me as well. Awesome. Yeah, I
0: love your approach. Anything surprise you in your research journey out of the gate?
1: Um, this wasn't a surprise, but it was a little bit of a fear that, um, that this role of chief evangelist isn't established. So, you know, I wasn't surprised by that, but it was one of those things that it's like, oh. Crap! You know, what am I going to do? You know, where am I, where am I going to start? Um, the other surprise, I would put this in the surprise camp, is you know, there's this reaction to the title because it's new, people don't know it, and the surprise for me is I've really um, come to appreciate the title. Um, I did push back, like, can we talk about this? And the more that I've dug into it and explored it, the more that I've embraced um, this title of chief evangelist as being a perfect title for the role as well. Um, I'll I'll add one more. Um, One of the conversations I had, and I, I wish I could remember who this was with. So I feel really bad about this. And, um, Uh, but one of the kind of networking conversations I had opened my eyes to the role of the chief evangelist is also within the business. It's also about creating evangelists for everyone at Authentics. And I hadn't thought about that. Um, So that was one of the gifts that actually you gave me through kind of your podcast series. I Targeted all the the people that had been in the podcast and said, "Hey, can I talk with you?" <laughs> and uh, learned that, so that was a, a surprise as well.
0: That's super. That's kind of a um, those is an interesting thing for me too. And as I as I reflected on my role off and on over the years, um, it was really there were a couple of projects that I had turned my focus inward. And I realized the power and really even the hunger for people to understand or to be reminded of. I mean, I just think about in this conversation that you and I are having now, at the beginning of it, you already identified yourself as a super fan before you joined them. And so there was some degree of that for everyone who joined the company. They, they didn't just say, this sounds like decent work for decent pay. There's probably something else that kind of lit them up to have them you know, transition from one opportunity to another or to pick authentics over another company. And it's sometimes it's just a matter of being reminded of the success stories, being reminded why we're doing this, being reminded that we are a very human first company and you with your, um, and now we'll get a little bit into kind of how you fit in operationally. I assume there's a little bit of distance from some of the guts of the operation now in a way that you didn't have as chief customer officer that gives you the space to have more conversations with mm-hmm. other people inside and out the outside the organization curate and cultivate the stories and the questions and the themes and bring those back to the company at large directly and perhaps um through other leaders and just re- creating this feedback loop that ideally would bring people back to life i want to double back though into um just because it, your language was really clear on it and I want to hear more. Um you really appreciate the title relative to the work and the challenge and the mission. Talk about what you believe is so good, uh, or how you came around. We don't even need the path of how you came around to to seeing it. Um because most people are a little bit resistant to the title out of the gate, like uh, I don't know about that. But but you were you're so I think even you might have even used the word perfect or perfectly. Um, talk about the fit of the spirit of the work or the work relative to the title.
1: So I would say the the fit relative to the title is that when it's the mind's eye, when you say evangelist, people create a thing in the mind's eye, and. It lines up with the role, you know, and in that mind's eye is someone out there, someone talking passionately about what they care and love. And that's what we see. That's what the word creates in our head. And that's what the, that's what the work is. Now, um, there's a lot that goes behind getting out there in front of people and speaking and all that, but, um, but I would say it's the mind's eye. So it creates kind of the perfect fit because the word creates this this image that lines up with the responsibility.
0: Really good. I love it. That's great language too. Um, so late last year, you say, "Okay, I believe in your vision. We're going to do this." Uh, you you create a transition plan to to, to turn over the operation. Uh, the the probably the entire post sale operation. And you're just dis- in your, and you're lining up and moving into this completely new role and function, probably unlike anything else you've ever done. What were some of the initial either activity areas or goals or like, how did you, like, what were so, like, as you, as you and Amy were deciding how to op like how to turn this into a thing. Mm-hmm. Um What did that look like? What did that look like in conversation, or what did that look like on paper? Like what did you set out to do over mm-hmm. the past few months, and how is it going so far?
1: Yeah, so you know it all started with um me trying to get as close to an understanding of of what Amy is looking for as an outcome and you know i'll be I was really uh it was it was helpful to hear that that was. Big, you know, it wasn't that it wasn't about sales conversions and it it was like about share a voice in the market and kind of bigger, bigger brand awareness things. Um, and that that that's not just on me. That's you know, the whole company is responsible for that. So having an understanding of the expectations of this role and the clarity of how it fits in with. The other work that's happening, um, and then from there, I I worked. I did a lot of research, still in, and um, ended up creating pillars of focus. And the pillars for this year that I've set are exposure, getting out in front of people as much as possible. Um, I learned from your podcast that's a, a size of one or thousands you know, but it's about getting out there, exposure in podcasts, exposure in one-on-one meetings, you know, all of that content was the other pillar. It's about thought leadership, contributing through the work that we do, giving back from all the work that we do through content. Um, And then uh, there's another component of my job that's about storytelling, we, are, we really want to democratize storytelling in business because data backed storytelling. Um, so, there's an element um, of my responsibility that is about in figuring that out. How are we going to help business leaders um, and business professionals become data backed storytellers? And then, the, the fourth pillar is an internal one um, spending my time working. Uh, throughout Authentics, helping our associates connect to the purpose, understand the purpose, connect to it, and um, get excited and engaged about it.
0: I really like these four pillars very much. What was your, I mean, you've already described a little bit of the process, but how long from I need to put some shape to this idea that sounds really interesting and exciting. I've come around to it. I think the title is interesting now. Um I need to put some shape to this. I'm listening to Amy. I'm listening to other people who have done this work. I'm thinking about what's going on in our company. What was the t- ballpark timeline from, I need to put some shape to this, to I have these four pillars, which seem very clear. And now I can see a path where you're now lining out the main activity areas. And then you're lining out maybe, how do I know I'm being successful here? Is this just going to be an activity measure? Or is there actually a measurable outcome to this? Like I can, but it all starts with this idea of having this clear set of pillars. Mm-hmm. What was the timeline from? <laughs> I need to put shape to this too. I have these four pillars and I, pre- I feel pretty good about them because I'm sure that even that was an iterative process.
1: It was one week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if that gives you any insight to how I need to operate, like I need, you know, part of it was driven from my own personal need and that was for some structure now I'll tell you. So Amy and I had conversations in December. Um, so I'm not counting the December time where I was starting to think forward, as well as I was transitioning out. But one week into the job, uh, second week of January, I had the pillars. I had um, a vision of 2023 by the end of the year, and you know things that I was going to do in Q1 to help uh, work towards that. It's changed, you know. All those things, you know, weren't the best things to be working on. Um, I'm. I really. Uh, I like structure. I also love to iterate. So it's just about what what are the things, and then what are we going to do now, and then we're gonna, you know, we're gonna evolve along the way. So one week.
0: <laughs> I, I know that um, you're still early to it, but you're also very. active and engaging with people directly. You're very thoughtful about the work. I'm sure as you made this transition in your own career, people are like, Leslie, what's this about? Um, how are you um, advising or talking with any like leaders, founders, executives who are wondering, that's interesting, do I need this? Like, what would you share with someone who reached out to you or engaged with you in that manner?
1: yeah. I, well, I would start by saying um, I don't have many of those conversations. Um, but if I were to, I would um, I would ask some questions to understand the why. But if the why was clear, um, you know, I'd talk about the person. You know, it's the the person's an important, and the person probably exists because they're doing it. You know, they're they're doing it already. They're advocating already. They're the evangelists already. Um, and also would need to have some experience. The thought leadership piece of it, I've found to be um critical. I've been in this industry for 20, you know, I can talk about how it's changed, how it's evolved, where the, you know, and you need someone, you know, some years on earth to contribute to that um, is important. And then I I would talk about structure and support, um, as well that, you know, a chief evangelist, um, is about kind of being in demand, having people want to, and, but that, that takes time and it takes support to create it. Um, so thinking through some of the things that are needed for that chief evangelist to be successful as well.
0: Yeah. Very good. What, um, go to that. Why one more step into that? Like, um, cause I like that. And usually when I ask a question like that, it's, it's like, you know, what, what advice would you share with them and, or what follow-up questions do you have? And so this speak a little bit to how you, um, just go back into that. Why a little bit, like, what are, what are some whys or some signs that someone might look around and find this type of person who you, um, uh, wisely identified through some key mm-hmm. characteristics.
1: Yeah. Um, well, one would be disrupting a market, you know, really, um, uh, being the new, uh, the new person in a crowded market that has a unique offering. Um, so I try to understand, but you know, that's my situation. So that would be the, why I'd be listening for what I would what I would really be listening for, Ethan, is that they're, they're not doing this because it's the latest fad. Like, that's what, that's the why not, you know, <laughs> don't do it because Authentics just did it and this one did, you know, do it because there's, there's a business reason for it and you believe in it. Um, so I, I think I'd be listening for those two things. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's perfectly fair. I didn't get to this and it's kind of a minor detail, but how are you structured in the organization now? Do you report directly to Amy? Are you like a free agent about the organization? Like (laughs) talk about your own structure a little, just for a minute.
1: Yeah, I do report directly to Amy. um, And I partner closely with the other leaders, um, with our sales team, with our marketing team. With our client success team, um, and then you know, uh, you try to be a helpful input into product roadmap, you know, things like that as well. Um, so it's a partnership. I, I do see that how that can evolve over time. I think right now it makes a lot of sense. Um, that you know, I'm I'm kind of in the middle, but I, I can see that evolving over time as well.
0: Yeah, one last kind of context question. Uh, how large is the organization in terms of uh, employees?
1: We are over 100. Okay. When I started two years ago, I was in the 30s, like maybe 32 or 35, and um, we're now over 100 employees.
0: Super. Yeah, that will change. I mean, t- typically when I hear some variety in terms of where people are structured in reporting, um, you hear uh, I got slotted into marketing usually in like a much bigger company. In this case, because of the way this all came about, it really makes sense the way you're structured right now. And it'll be interesting to see how this role evolves for you, how it evolves Mm -hmm. for Authentics, and most importantly, um, what you and Amy are able to do through this decision and direction uh, for the industry at large. And I'm 100% behind you on the idea of capturing human voice. I really appreciate this idea of helping business storytelling and Mm -hmm. and, and it's not, it's data supported, but not driven by data per se. I mean, the storyline is driven by data, but I love this idea of supporting it with um, direct audio clips or direct transcripts or even direct video clips Mm -hmm. uh, and some of these other different ways that we can say, Here's something that you should be thinking about. Here are two different ways to be thinking about it. Here's what the data says about those two directions. and Here's what both of those sound like. Like I'm just really excited for what you're doing. It's uh, I'm also very pro-human. I think as we get really excited about tech, we get too enamored of the tech itself rather than what it can enable. And in this case, it's yes. really connecting with, in a very meaningful, tangible way, a lot of people who you'll never have direct contact with, but their voices matter. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that I just want to share with you that I really appreciate about what you're doing is that I think it validates the front lines. And you mentioned people on the front line before. They're the ones hearing this voice. They're the ones carrying the emotional burden of a lot of these challenging situations. They're the ones trying to make this right. And so the idea that you all are developing technology and philosophy and practice that allows a lot more people to share in that burden and a lot more people to create solutions for those people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can imagine that the people that are implementing what you all are providing and teaching um, probably makes people on the front lines feel like they're supported. Yeah.
1: It, I mean, that's one of our goals because they are, um, I'll give one one story here. We were sharing insights with some business leaders and they got to hear their customers. And, um, at the end they said, our frontline deal with really heavy things. What are we doing to take care of them at the end of the day? So that's just one little, you know, little example of helping others even realize sometimes the business doesn't understand the nature of conversations that are happening in the business, and just helping to open their eyes uh, to the the reality that um, is happening every day. Yeah, I mean, short of that
0: clarity and empathy that that the actual voice provides. Um, it's just starts to look like tickets per hour, calls per hour, yes. whatever, like what is yeah. our, throughput here? Yes. you know, Union and I time. guess maybe we'll also care a little bit about CSAT along the way. Um, and so it starts to look a lot more like numbers than people. Leslie, this has been super fun. I've really enjoyed it. I learned a lot from you. You've added a lot to this conversation. I'm glad that you've been enjoying the conversations that have preceded you. I hope you continue to enjoy the ones that follow you in this conversation on chief evangelist before I let you go the fun standard closer. What is something that you find yourself evangelizing in your own personal life?
1: Okay. Well, Ethan, because I'm a super fan of your podcast. I've thought about this and I've got two. One is um, if you and I were to meet at a networking event, what would you be guaranteed to hear about? And that is conscious capitalism. Yes. Um, Conscious capitalism is a business strategy that uh, focuses on um, the purpose of business being for profit, but also for a purpose. And so I evangelize that um, in any, in any setting, people are going to know I'm a conscious capitalist and um, that that's my belief. On a personal side, I would likely tell you about F45. It's a a fitness program. Um, It's a uh, a place, uh, with group fitness and it's perfect for me. And, um, when I, what I need in terms of kind of keeping, um, focus on, um, working out and the time is perfect. It's 45 minutes, um, as well. And I've also, um, enjoyed the connection with people in my community, um, through that, through F45.
0: Wonderful. I am with you on, as soon as, uh, as soon as you reached out uh, of course i was going to say yes to to hang out and learn more about you and to cuz i learn every time i talk to people um as so i was going to talk to you regardless but when i saw that a you were in indianapolis and b that you were part of uh, conscious capitalism i was like this is a, like this is 110% yes not just 100 <laughs> anyway i appreciate you this has been a joy um if folks want to learn more about you if they want to connect with you if they want to talk to you about their own evangelist journey or learn more about yours because you Seem to still be in engagement and research phase. And I think everyone who's healthy is probably living in that zone. Uh, I know I am as well. Um, Where would you send people to learn more about you or about Authentics?
1: I would go to um, my LinkedIn page, Leslie Pagel. You can find me there. Um, Please reach out and connect. Um, Authentics, Authentics Authentics.com. We've got a newsletter you can subscribe to, a contact page. lots of content out there as well. Super, and that is the word authentic
0: with an X on the end.
1: Yes, thank you, Ethan. Sure. (laughs) Authentic (laughs) with an X.
0: Yeah, thank you, this has been a joy.
1: That wraps up this
0: episode of Chief Evangelist. Thank you for joining us and thanks to Ringmaster Conversational Marketing for helping bring these episodes to you. With any thoughts or questions about the Chief Evangelist role, message me on LinkedIn. I'm Ethan Butte, E-T-H-A-N-B-E-U-T-E. For show notes and more of these conversations, visit chiefevangelist.com.